welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we'll be having a more informal than usual discussion, uh, ranging on everything from membership to social activities. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have about three quarters of our usual crew. We have very worshipful brother David Colbeth, who's a past master of King Solomon Lodge Number 60 in Auburn Lodge. Worshipful brother Stephen Chung, uh, past master of Prince Charles Number 153 up in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia. And I'm Matt Apple. I'm a past master of Mill Creek Number 243, and we meet in Montlake Terrace, Washington. And today we're having a, a an informal discussion about just sort of the, the things that seem salient in our lodges at the moment, uh, which include membership and keeping guys active and having some social activities. Where to? We went down to New Westminster for uh, uh, the DMLA. BC DMLA was, uh, was hosting a 90s reunion. And we thought it was all kind of funny that they were not including the uh, those of us from the 70s and 80s. So 35 of us crashed the party right? and uh, uh, eight of us uh, uh, did a senior DMLA degree um, for the show, if you will. But yeah, DMLA is hurting, man. There's, they had like, uh, well, they said they had three chapters. So it was like, okay, I know to have a chapter, you got to have 25 boys, but they um, they had 12 boys in total. So basically have three clubs yeah it's it's not dissimilar down here i know henry's chapter is hurting for kids yeah well you know <clears throat> i was chatting with river peatman and i said you know it, it's they gotta have something in common right you know like back in my day it was a lot easier because we were just looking for somewhere to be other than home and uh, not on the street right um now i mean <laughs> it's different so um like i told them the story about Everett chapter right um where they they uh built and and flew uh glider airplanes and they got so big they they had 200 members and it was like take forever to get through the chairs and it was to the point where guys would come in and they wouldn't even dream of even being able to get through the chairs before they age out Right. And so they had to split and they split. And, uh, but then the, one of them kind of petered off because they didn't have that same thing holding them together. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so I told him, you know, maybe, maybe in this day and age, it's programming, you know, they're going to make a game or something like that. Maybe it's, you know, um, you know, something a little different, right. That they all could kind of buy into. Right. Um <clears throat> So, and it can be different for every chapter, right? But, you know, because the seven cardinal virtues and the, and that, all that kind of stuff isn't enough of, of an attraction these days. You know. Yep. Just like with Lodge. And with so many things. Yeah, but Lodge is different. Lodge, if, if uh, one applies himself, he can... 
actually, you know, um, improve himself uh, based on the teachings, right? You know, apply it's applied knowledge. Knowledge isn't power. It's applied knowledge, right? So, you know, we know that we can do that in Lodge, and, and that's the appealing factor to it, right? Whether guys do it or not, it's a different story, you know. But, you know, Lodge has several different things to offer. And, and um, Demolay, I mean, they're younger, and they have several different options to uh, to look at, you know. So depends on what they want. And, and it's, it's a hard sell these days, I'll tell you. I, I get it. But um, I don't know. It sure would be a shame if it disappeared completely. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Right. Unfortunately, my son's one of the ones who's not too interested in it, even though he's a member. Um, how many guys are in his chapter? Mm, eight. Mm. Right. Uh, uh, you know, like, what's their strengths? Like, how old are they? They're all about my son's age, actually. He's so my son is 16. They're all in the I'd say 15 to 18 age range, but yeah, 16 or 17, most of them. What's your son into outside yeah, of that's the problem? <laughs> He's uh there. The other kids are pretty into like um video games and that sort of stuff, which Henry's conversant with, but he's not not really big into. And he's uh He's just, he's not that excited by the meeting meetings, which I can understand, believe me. <laughs> but they, and they were doing some cool stuff, like uh, some of the outside the meeting meetings. They were doing, um, uh, we went to one where they went down to a forge and we, we made knives out of, uh, out of uh, horseshoes and stuff like that. <clears throat> it was yep. awesome and he loved it. And then like they didn't do anything like that for you know months now. And so it's hard to get them to go. Right. You know, glass blowing. Um, you know, yeah, there's there's different things, right? You know, like yeah. um you just gotta keep trying to find and maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe they make, you know, uh things to go explore their mission until they find something they all really go, Hey, this is really cool. We could actually do this. You know, like ceramics is is you know not really high on a on most boys lists right but uh you know they can they can get excited about you know building a shop and having a kiln and you know uh creating things right you know um maybe maybe they don't maybe they maybe it's cars they're into at that age right i know yeah. you know when i was 16 it was friday night at times square in richmond right you know who could burn the most rubber and, and not get caught right <laughs> Yeah, that was when Henry joined the the older boys who were right about to age out. Were there's a bunch of them that were really into Dungeons and Dragons, which Henry really enjoys, and so he went a couple of times uh, and had fun with them. And then they aged out and disappeared. And now the boys that are still there with him are just not into the same things as him. And, mm -hmm. and that's fine, you know. Whatever he different people are different, yep. but it just doesn't keep Henry going to meetings. Mm. Yeah. Well different ideas right maybe it's a brainstorming session you have with henry and, and or maybe you know maybe it's not for him but you know uh, yeah. who knows yeah. right did the other guys like that forging 
yeah, I think it was pretty pretty unanimously popular. I I think it'd be a great activity for a lodge. They're currently one of the guys who I think I've said this before. One of the guys who either owns or runs the place is a brother down there in in, uh, in like Delta White Center Lodge or someplace down there. And uh, so he he was really great with the boys and and it was a great time. I he and I both made a each made a knife out of a half a horseshoe, and it was a it was a lot of fun. He was talking about going back and stuff. Does like your, I said, I would, I would go with the lodge. That would be fun. Does or did your assembly have regular, like almost every other week or at least monthly events, things going on? Like that was, they did assembly? for a while, and then it sort of petered out. And I, I honestly, I'm not sure exactly where they stand right now. Communication is not their strong point. Your assembly? Or the, yeah, Henry, the, the chapter? Yeah. The chapter. Well, I, I'm sorry. I did switch gears on you. I, I was thinking about assemblies too, but our, our assembly, our rainbow assembly, one of the things they do really well is it's almost too much, but there's always an activity. And I was thinking, as you guys were talking about it, I thought, you know, even our chapter, I'm not, I'm not a member of the lodge where our assembly meets, but I am a member of the lodge where our, I'm a chairman of where our DMLA meet. And one thing they don't do enough of, I think, is have activities outside of their meetings. Yep. Yeah. And, I get it. There's only a couple of guys. And so it's kind of hard to have activities when you only have one or two guys. But if you don't have activities to invite <clears throat> people to, you can't invite friends or new guys to things and they get bored going to a meeting, like you said. Yep. So it'd almost be better just to have activities. Actually, what they did in uh, Ogopoga when they were building back up was they, um, there was a new um, bowling alley, laser, no, laser bowling Friday nights. Right. And uh, there was a deal on, right, for uh, teenagers. Right. So it was like, yeah, okay. So they made their thing for a while. Every Friday night, they'd go bowling. Right. And they'd bowl a few frames and they'd, you know, be able to invite people to it. Right. Um, and there was food there and there was a pub attached to it. So you could get food and parents could have, you know, food and beverages there and bowling yards. Right. Um, <clears throat> And that was relatively inexpensive, right? Way, uh, you know, way to get together and and be doing something that's active, that's not on the computer screen or on their phones, right? You know, uh, so you know, maybe something like that'll help. You know, yeah. And then, you know, of course, you know, if they were doing that, what we we uh, said, well, hey, you know. Got a couple guys are saying this gets a little expensive every week. Maybe we should do it every month. I said, or maybe you should have a car wash on a Saturday and raise enough money you don't have to pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. So every three months they had a car wash, right? And uh, well, basically uh, they did four a year, but most of them were in the summer and uh, uh, spring, summer, and fall, and then they had an extra one in the summer, right? And they raised a lot of money, right? And so they were able to pay for their bowling. And our girls, they don't do necessarily things that cost money. Like my daughter did a science night, she called it. And it was just, I think they made elephant toothpaste or whatever they call it. It's, you know, foam mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And they had a great time doing that. And they had a spa night where they got together and did their nails up and, you mm -hmm. know, did a mm -hmm. foot massage thingy. And so it wasn't necessarily things that cost money. It just was just kind of getting together and fun hanging out. And mm -hmm. they happen to do it at the temple, and so it's a convenient place for them to meet. 
but they just they could do it at somebody's house for that matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in Dan D. Malay for us, I mean, there was there was something going because there was twenty five Bethels in seventeen chapters, so there was something going every every night, uh, pretty much throughout the week, and every weekend there was an event somewhere, right, uh, and some kind of social somewhere. Right. And so it all, you know, whether it's a track meet, whether it was a bottle drive, um, you know, whatever we, I mean, back in the day, they used to pay if you collected newspapers and dropped them off to recycle them. Eh? <laughs> Not anymore, but our assembly did that for a long time and they've decided that was just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then and, and getting down to the point where the advisors were just driving around doing special pickups for those that would call and, and uh, say, Hey, you know, I got some, Right, and you don't want to turn down the offer of of donations, right? You know, because they usually came with bottles and all sorts of donations, right? So, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, but, I, I was that was my idea when I was master the second time, was to basically say we so we meet on Tuesday nights, and it was basically to say there's going to be something every Tuesday. So you know, whatever it is, if it's going to be a ritual practice or a go out to dinner or bowling or whatever it is, every Tuesday there's going to be something for lodge, and if if I can't make it or if not everyone can make it, that's not a big deal. Sure, there'll be something next Tuesday kind of thing. And like, you know, the fourth thing I went to where it was me and one other guy, I sort of said, okay, fine, I lose. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, that was my brilliant plan for a, a little while. And it's, well, it's, yeah. it's tough to change the minds of people though in, in six months or a year. And I found our, I think I mentioned this before, our fourth Thursday, we have our social night. And for the first three years and then, then throw COVID in the middle of it. Uh, actually, there's four years and then throw COVID in the middle of it. And then now we've taken about a year or so to come out of it. But I think if in general, if you asked most people from our lodge and even a few outside of our area, not so much from the district, I don't necessarily quote advertise it heavily to the district, but I probably should a little more, but our, our deputy does, our current deputy does. Uh, but anyway, anyway, from our lodger's visitor lodge, especially those social nights, they, they would say, oh, of course, King Solomon has a social night on the fourth Thursday. And so now, but it's taken seven years, six years <laughs> right. to get to that point. So you just have to be diligent about it. And, and you have to want to do it. That's the other thing is that I want to get together I, with these people. It's selfishly. I wanted to get together with guys and I also needed an outlet for inquirers. And mm -hmm. so uh, it, it, we just had to, we just had to do it. And uh, so I just wanted to hang out with the guys and, uh, give me a reason, another reason to hang out. And yes, one time in seven years, I was there by myself. And there's yeah. been a few times that it's been me and a couple of guys, but we've also had 20 people there. Yeah. And are you doing it once a month? Once a month, the fourth Thursday, every month, except <clears throat> the, uh, November and December, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we did. The funny thing is the last year in December, we had to say, well, we're not going to have, it. we're not going to have it. And then that, that Thursday kind of rolled around. It was actually like Tuesday or Wednesday. It rolled around. I said to the master, Hey, and when it was after, it was a week after Christmas. So it was between Christmas and new year's. And I, I texted him. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of bored missing my guys. You want to get together? And he goes, mm -hmm. yeah. I said, would well, you mind if I ask a few guys? And he goes, no. And so I texted and it was, a, he was brand new master. He had just come in in December, the first week of December. And so I, I texted about 20 or 30 guys. And that was one of our biggest, I think we had 15 guys show up 24 hours Whoa. in advance notice. And one guy, one of our inquirers said, I thought you canceled this. I just talked to John. I said, yeah, we did, but we just changed our mind. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I actually I got guilted the other day. We went to Scottish Rite in Kamloops, and uh, one of the guys going there for the degree from Kelowna, or well, he I thought he lived in Vernon, but he said, well, he moved to Kelowna, and he said, you know, and then he goes on the calendar, and there's supposed to be a social at the hall on Friday night. Nobody was there, and it was like, oh yeah, right. We we talked about getting going back to these things, but. Um, the commitment was really heavy, right? And I'd been doing it now for four years, right? And yeah, every now and then you're there by yourself, right? But uh, the other lodge, their guys started to get active too, and then COVID hit. Like literally, they came in for about last four months before COVID, right? Um, so they were keen on it. So I'm going to approach them again and say maybe they alternate um, uh, hosting it, yeah. right? Because <clears throat> it was, it's all the planning. I can get people to show up, but I can't get people to come and work. <laughs> well, that's why we don't do it at the temple. No, we don't do it. We go to a restaurant so that we don't have to clean up. We don't have to cook. If somebody, if people want to eat, they can. If they don't, they don't. Uh -huh. And we just okay. started. I missed it yesterday. I was up in Whistler, by the way, uh, over the weekend. But on Saturday was our first official Saturday breakfast at that same restaurant. So every first Saturday now of the month, we're going to have a breakfast from eight to 10 at that same restaurant where we have our social night. So now we'll have three social events. We'll have our supper before our meeting, the fourth Thursday and the first Saturday every month on a regular basis. We'll have social events for lodge. Mm, okay. And first, that's, yeah. So, and, but again, we go to a restaurant get away from the lodge. Again, it's doing when I was deputy, I'd ask the guys, and it's just the guys or your spouses allowed on Saturday. It's it's focused on family, and yeah. anybody can come. Actually, we encourage that. I, I would, if it were me, I would prefer Thursdays to be just the guys. We've had some wives come and families come, and we don't, I try not to be, you know, say anything about it, but I think, I think, <laughs> and, it, and it's also for inquirers to come, and so. It's a double-edged sword. If, you, if an inquirer comes and sees family, they go, oh, that's cool. They're, they're family-oriented. But also if an inquirer comes and can he open up and can we talk about things when there's wives there? Right. So you're in a restaurant, so you really can't, you know. Well, it's we have a back room. It's kind of like a back room area. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit separated for the Thursday night, not the Saturday breakfast. But uh, And so there's been a few times that I'd like to talk to some of the guys, especially the inquirers about things. Mm -hmm. And it's been a little bit more difficult um but you know i love having the families there i love having the kids there and so it's it's mm -hmm. a little bit different um so i don't know it's but it, anyway, that's it's it's been a i don't know how to handle that honestly because mm -hmm. um, if a guy's coming if that is what causes him to come and attend then i'd rather have that than not right um I don't know if he listens to the show, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I guess we're, we're not, we're not, may not publish this one. This might be a good conversation, a, a side topic <laughs> conversation. But if, I guess I could edit this piece out. But if the problem is his wife talks 10 times more than he does. Right. And answers all the questions. If anybody answers the questions and she has an opinion about everything. Right. And their daughter's amazing. She's cute and lovable. She's three or four. Mm -hmm. She's just enough to be obnoxious. And right. then, they kind of ignore her right and so one of us has to kind of pay attention to the daughter it's like they're it's like they get a night out and, and the setting is just regular space in a restaurant 
Well, again, that's the back room. That's the back oh, room space. Yeah, but so, but one of us kind of has to pay attention to the daughter, or I right. feel like we do, or and then they and then that's he, just the father in you that feels that way, dude. Yeah. But then he, the husband, the the mason, doesn't get to speak at all, hardly, right? Because she's talking all the time, and so, so you know, maybe make a point of asking him pointed questions every now and then, so that he gets I, a chance to speak. I have. I've oh, tried yeah. and she like, says, like, well, he says David, this. Or he what do you that. think about this, David? Right. You know, maybe I'll have to do more of that. <laughs> right. I, I know we have, because uh, we had our um, socials at the hall and we had our more light nights at the hall. Right. And um, I, I we've experienced pretty much the exact same thing except without the kids, right? You know, uh, where their spouse just comes and you know over talks for their partner, right? You know, and uh, yeah, it was, so then you got to yeah. We asked, we started asking pointed questions, and, and so and they got the hint, right? Okay. It's like you know, yeah, let someone else, you know, yeah. But and I've mentioned that, like I just explained it, like to a new inquirer, what. I envision the certain nights to be mm -hmm. supper at the temple. I would believe that's also open to family. If they really wanted to bring their family, they could bring it to the supper because we excuse ourselves at time to go into the meeting. Right. And it's also an opportunity for the people to meet. And then Thursdays though, I've said are kind of for the guys. And I said it loud enough. That I'm pretty sure she heard me. She was not, she was not, yeah. she, hear, she can listen to two or three different conversations. It seems, yeah. uh, but, but I was talking to the inquirer and she was sitting right there and I kind of said it loud and tried to say it loud enough that there may be some crossover, but whatever. Right. It's just, it's not, I don't know. I didn't, I don't say in the message <clears throat> that it's Mason and men only, but. Right. Well, that's some good ideas though. I, I think I like the idea of not having it at the hall all the time. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I was always the one getting stuck to clean up. Yes. Right? But, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd much rather try and have a pancake breakfast at the hall once a month and cook for everybody because I love to cook, right? But uh, then I'm doing the cleanup all the time, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. It's it's not... Not rewarding at that point. Do those for special events. For if you have a parade or a city event or something, you know, have a yeah. pancake breakfast and then just open it up and people can come but yeah every month having to do it that's the other problem is that oh it's on the third sunday of every month well then the third sunday third weekend of every month you can't do anything yeah 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 exactly right so yeah i did feel but bad not being i did feel bad not being here this last weekend for our first saturday breakfast but hey it was i know i know there were some guys there and they, they got it covered and right i don't know yeah. i don't know who was there for sure but i know there was at least i know there's at least three guys there mm -hmm. <laughs> And the, and the uh, restaurant doesn't give you a minimum commitment? Nope. That's good. No, especially that time in the morning. I don't think they're that busy, necessarily. They so what have, time are you meeting in the morning? What's that? What time are you meeting? Eight, it's eight, 8 to 10. It's not too early, but on a Saturday, 8 to 10. Right. And then they have a little, it's not a back room or a front room, but it's kind of a little bit of an area segregated. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I don't know. In the past, we had a breakfast at the temple, and it was a pain in the butt. And the guys that wanted to do it ended up, one of them passed away, and one of them moved away, and then the other ones didn't want to do it. And then, so when I became master, 
I said, I'm not going to make anybody because they all complain about it. They enjoy it, they say, but then they complain about it. So I said, okay, as master. So I negotiated with that same restaurant. They used to have an upstairs banquet hall. Now they rented out to a dance troupe. But so I negotiated with them. I said, hey, can we have a breakfast upstairs? And because they already, they used to have a buffet breakfast downstairs in this restaurant. And I negotiated to have, you know, basically a straight breakfast, bacon, eggs, maybe biscuit and hash, you know, bread. It was very simple. Right. And, but it was restaurant quality. And it was six bucks, super cheap. And I told him, I said, we'll give you three of it. We'll give you half of it. I'll give you three bucks. I just want to, you know, I'm not really making a fundraiser. Just I want to keep this tradition going. And so we did that all year. And it was pretty popular. We had between 20 and 30 people coming. I should popular as far as our past popular had been. We, right. It was not a hundred people, but I mean, before we'd have five or 10 people coming maybe. And so we had about 20 to 30 people coming. Didn't have to clean up. The Demolay were like standing around because they didn't know what to do. There right. was no cleanup to do. And then the next year, the next master and was convinced by the Eastern star to let them bring it back to the temple. Oh, we'll cook breakfast. We'll do the breakfast at the temple. And he said, okay, I think out of 12 months, I think we did six of them. You'd go there and you'd show up and they're, Oh, it's canceled or, Oh, we're not going to do it this month or, Oh, you know, and then the food was not good at all. They did not do a good job. And then they didn't do it again. And then our breakfast was done. Right. It was too bad. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know down south in District 10, I look on their calendar, right? They do. Each lodge does host coffee once or twice a week. Each lodge uh, hosts a breakfast meeting once a week, right? And there's like five lodges down there, right? So all they do is eat and drink coffee all the time, right? You know? And uh, you got to be retired to go to the daytime. Well, they breakfast. are. Well, it's, you know, down south here, they're, pretty much all retired right uh, except a few you know um yeah. yeah that district is a retired kind of district right so well, that's what jared was saying was it last time he was saying that or where his lodge is the average he brings the average age down to <laughs> 20 percent or something yeah <laughs> he said most of them are in their 80s or 90s i think he said weren't they like yeah for sure 70s yeah right uh and i think let me see I know one, two, three out of Penticton Lodge that work, and Jared's one of them. <laughs> wow. Right? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I know anyways, yeah. But actually, I'm going down there again uh, Wednesday. Yeah, there's, <laughs> they're going to have an official visit, a fellow craft degree, and... Um, some other thing they're going to do on uh, all on the same night. But <laughs> one thing I'd like to ask you guys about is engagement. How do you get guys that are young enough? We have a pretty youngish group <clears throat> of guys coming in. How do you get them engaged to take responsibility, interest and responsibility for areas of lodge, education or temple board or degrees or whatever? They just, they seem, they, I joined when I was 38, I guess it was. And you know, my wife was eight months pregnant when I had my degree. And so I know how it is about working full-time basically. And 
raising kids and having kids and all, you know, I know about that. I have, of course, had a great, have a great wife and she is very supportive of everything I do more or less. And so I understand that. And, but I'm wondering, I, I don't expect that necessarily from a young guy who has a young family, but I wonder where their commitment is. Is it just different? Maybe it's different. So we were finding challenges in engagement as well. So one of the things that changed that was the six-step program. Because during the six-step program, we find out what they're looking for. One of the very first things I asked them, right? What is it you're looking for? Right? Are you looking for brotherhood? Are you looking for fellowship? Are you looking for knowledge? Are you looking, what are you looking for? Right? Those that are looking for knowledge, well, you know, we need historians, we need um, uh, social club, you know, we need all different kinds, right? So wherever we can fill the fit to them, right, to marry the two together, right? Um, whether it's a committee, the social committee, whether it's um, education, whether it's a table lodge committee, because he's the social guy wants to have fun, right? You know, um, you know, we're, that's that's kind of how we do it now. So when somebody comes in, we find out what they're looking for, and we put we point them in that direction of the lodge and say, you know, these are the different things that are available and that are going on, and and you know, we need, uh, you know, a chairman for this committee, or we need. Uh, members on these committees to help these things go so you know why don't you get involved with that end right yeah um, and, and kind of point you know point them to where uh, they were looking for in the first place it's, uh, uh, it, it seems successful yeah yeah so far i mean the only time that it, it's not worked is when um the brothers shifts change at work and they can't they, they can't come to lodge on a regular basis anymore, right? Mm -hmm. or, or they end up moving or going out of town for work and, you know, they can only make two or three meetings a, a year now, right? Um, you know, that's the only time it's really not worked properly. But otherwise, you know, like Bob Goslin, he's uh, early 70s now. Um, he was a... Uh, city cop for a number of years and he uh, you know he was a shriner he liked to have fun um, he had a stroke he couldn't do the memory work much right didn't want to go through the chairs right but he said you know wants to be involved um, when the mentorship program came about that gave him a, a goal and a purpose in life and that was to help um, uh, be the chairman of the mentorship committee Eventually, as guys came through the program, he'd recruit them into helping them um, become coaches, right? And they would mentor others coming through and, and so on, right? And, and so uh, we, once we found out that this was his idea, that he, that he really just was looking for something to do that uh, would make him feel of value, um, and that it couldn't really do 
he helps people with memory work, but he, but he can't do the memory work himself, right? So he, he teaches them, right? So I guess those who can't teach, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, but he does a really good job of it, right? So I uh, found a niche to, to plug him into, right? And that's worked out really, really well, right? You know, so um, it, it's that, ty that type of... Uh, philosophy we have is trying to mar marry them up to what they are looking for, right? Like the another young fellow, he was wanting um, knowledge. He wanted history. He wanted uh, to know a little bit more about the esoteric side of things, right? So we got him involved with the more light night. So why don't you do some um, uh, presentations on stuff at the more light night? Find find something that you think is interesting and and read up on it, prepare for it, and, and then uh, be prepared to present it and discuss it uh, at uh, more light night, right? So, you know, next thing you know, he's got a, a binder of things that he's put together that, you know, <laughs> it's like, all right, now we got like six months worth of content. Yeah, right, you know, and he got to participate, right? And, you know, so by that he learned and, you know, so, and then, you know, pandemic hit and it's all going to shut down, right? So. <laughs> well, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but how does a guy know, maybe that's a question we can lead into the next one. How does a guy know what he wants to be part of when he's becoming, and he doesn't know what's, what's there to be part of? I mean, as a new guy comes in, he doesn't know. Really he has no going. idea, but yeah. the guy running the six step program, he knows what's available. And he's the one asking the question is, what is it you're looking for? You're looking for fellowship? Okay, you know what? You should be part of the, the uh, communications committee. And they arrange all the carpooling and um, to go to the different event, events up and down the valley, right? Maybe you can help with that, right? Um, and but then... Would, I would hope that everybody's looking for fellowship at some, at some level, though. <clears throat> well, yeah. And, and mo the majority are, right? Um, uh, the majority, well, we found that the majority are there for the fellowship. They're not necessarily there for education or, or, um, no, um, you know, um, well, isn't it, but like we found out with that last article we read that, or talked about that they, sometimes we, uh, they're there for fellowship and, and knowledge and all these things. But when we only deliver fellowship, and we don't deliver the knowledge, then the fellowship becomes automatic. And that's what people stick for because that's all we have. But if we had the knowledge, if we had the other things involved, they might like your more light night. If the more light night was still happening, maybe there would be guys interested in that. I don't know. Right. Maybe not. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I, I'm fully confident that the more light night and the socials will, will get back into the regular swing of things come this fall. Um, I think everybody's uh, here in our district anyways, is just a little, some of them are still reserved as to coming back to lodge full, full out. Right. Um, and some lodges took some hits. Uh, membership is down. Right. And they've problem is, is they've got candidates to put through and not enough members to put them through. Right. <laughs> so catch 22. Right. But um you know, those are fellowships, the easiest thing to, to fulfill when that's what they're looking for, right? It's the other pieces, right? But we guide them. If you guide them into the, point them in the right direction, um, it's usually pretty good that way. So 
on that note, uh, there's there's two quick things I wanted to say since we're 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 doing an informaler than usual conversation here. There's there's two things I wanted to say at the top of the show that I I didn't. Um, one of which is I just spent the last two days and a couple hours with with the esotericism for in Freemasonry conference here at uh, at Occidental Lodge in well the Ballard Masonic Center here in Seattle, um, and it was freaking awesome. Um, there were things that were going clear over my head and things that blew my mind and it was great. And I can't recommend it enough. It, they're going to do it again next year. Troy Sprue, uh, friend of the pod and Ken Lane, friend of the pod, uh, organize it. And, uh, there's all sorts of great stuff there. Uh, it's going to be the first weekend in October again next year, most likely. Uh, their website is esotericmasonry.com and it's awesome. Can't recommend it enough. All sorts of high powered speakers and stuff are there truly great uh, you remind me i'll be sure to put that in the show notes and maybe and, uh, you do an intro when you do the exit <laughs> and the other thing i wanted to say was and this is going to be too long for the time we have left is at the towards the end of the last episode that we recorded i said something along the lines of the difference between ma- masons and members and in retrospect i think it may have come off a little snooty and looking down my nose at other masons thing and i know i've said on this podcast and i honestly believe i actually just said it today at lunch that your masonry and my masonry can be different and that's okay and i think that sometimes the men who join the fraternity get failed by their lodges and it's and the lodge is looking for members and the lodge is looking for names on a list amen and those men get failed by their lodge and i really 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 do not at all mean to imply that i am somehow or someone else is somehow a better mason than another brother because that is really not what i was shooting for so there's my disclaimer for my previous him fisted comment <laughs> and with that thank you for listening to the working tools podcast and listening to us ramble on about uh, membership and keeping people active in our lodges and we look forward to you talking to you again soon on the working tools podcast goodbye <laughs>